Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. You're listening to Pit Pass F1. My name's Michael Laminato, and this is qualifying day at the 2024 Bahrain Grand Prix. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And on today's episode, Max Verstappen takes the first pole position of the year. But he shouldn't have, with Ferrari ending the day as the fastest car, just not in the right session. Mercedes confirms signs of hope for its season, with George Russell lining up third and the team far more optimistic about the potential in its car. And while Haas excelled in the hands of Nico Hülkenberg, Alpine has sunk to a back row lockout in a dreadful start to 2024 for the de facto Renault factory squad. To tell us more about what it all means, it's over to Chris Medland in the paddock at the Bahrain Grand Prix. Okay, folks, where to start with qualifying day here in Bahrain? Uh, Friday qualifying and a very familiar name at the top of the timing screens, Max Verstappen on pole position, which might cause a few of you to go, oh, boring, switch off, we know what's going to happen. But it was much more competitive than that would suggest. It was actually much more competitive than the two tenths of a second gap to Charles Leclerc would suggest as well. Uh, Leclerc did a 129.407 to Verstappen's 129.179 and they were much more closely matched on the first runs in Q3 but what was telling is that Leclerc did a 1 minute 29.165 in Q2 so that would have been quick enough for pole position and it's not like the track got any slower Leclerc was the only driver in the top 10 who didn't improve on their Q2 time in Q3 so it really did feel like a bit of a missed opportunity for the clerk and Ferrari today. Now, that's not to say that Red Bull weren't still strong. I think everyone expects that even if they're having an off day, Red Bull and Max Verstappen are going to be right there at the sharp end. And that was the case again. But there were a few points in qualifying where they clearly got everything together, turned the power unit up and put together a lap on new soft tyres and went a long way clear. But that was all based on timing. And when everyone was on comparable tyres at the same time, on track it was much much closer so it was really entertaining to watch actually George Russell was third quickest he was less than a tenth slower than Charles Leclerc but also Carlos Sainz was in the mix Sergio Perez really you could have thrown a blanket over everyone behind Verstappen Uh, it was less than three tenths of a second from Leclerc down to Oscar Piastri in eighth I mean tiny bit over three tenths to include Lewis Hamilton in ninth as well so a lot of cars that were in the mix there and as I say Leclerc really should have been uh, close to if not on pole position and that led to a lot of drivers who were kind of ruining little mistakes they made little errors that came into things Uh, Fernando Alonso ended up sixth and he was very happy he only did one run in Q3 but when he was on his flying lap 
he was provisionally going to go fastest. It looked like he was going to go on to provisional pole position at that stage and, and put the pressure on the other runners, which would have really given him a, a great shot of at least the front row. Sergio Perez thinks uh, an error in the first sector cost him. Lando Norris the same, ended up seventh. So there's all these drivers who were thinking, oh, I could have been up there on the front row if I got it all together. And Leclerc thinking I could have been on pole if I'd have done the same. So that's exactly what we want from Formula One. We want to see drivers having to perform to be able to get the best result. We don't want it that a driver has a car with such an advantage that they can drive at 7 out of 10 and still be on pole position or still get a really good result. So it was entertaining in that sense, but it was Max who was on pole and he's, I think, pretty confident in his race pace. Seems to think the Red Bull's going to be strong on the high fuel, which is tallying with everything we've seen. But I would come back to the fact that it was so close between so many teams that if anyone can get ahead of him at the start, it might really make things interesting. Uh, And it doesn't have to just be Leclerc from the front row, but Leclerc could maybe get there. Uh, George Russell from third seems so much happier with that Mercedes uh, and was actually surprised to be so high up. So I think there's plenty of drivers that could be eyeing a chance of getting ahead of Verstappen at the start or or keeping with him. Uh, But it will be really telling on Saturday night where Red Bull really stands because the strength was always its race pace last year. We had plenty of qualifying sessions where they weren't on pole position. Ferrari took three of the final five poles. For the second half of the year, you more often than not saw a Ferrari on pole than a Red Bull. So uh, it's not really been one that pace where the issue has been. But that's something that all the teams knew and have worked on. So plenty to learn on that front when the lights go out tomorrow. Now, I mentioned Lewis Hamilton in the first part of the pod, and he was pretty interesting to speak to after qualifying. I went into the the media mix zone afterwards. I had a bit of spare time, actually, for once, which is rare after qualifying. I'm usually on air myself, but not this weekend with the schedule. So went and listened to a number of the drivers and put a few questions to them uh, in the mix zone. And Lewis was very upbeat, actually. He was very happy with where Mercedes is at, where it's kind of got its car the work that they've done over the winter really is paying off and putting them in the right direction. Now, it's not that he was then delighted to be ninth. That was a, a real shock for him, actually, I think, that it didn't quite go the right way. Um, he, he said that he and George Russell were on identical car setups and the car was feeling great uh, on Thursday in practice, but then that they veered off uh, apart from that and they went in different directions. And over one lap, uh, he seems to think that his setup direction really did not help but he's hopeful that that will put the car in a better place for the race but I think what was really telling regardless of how the race goes it could be a really tough race for, for Lewis perhaps if he has got the setup wrong it could be scraping around just trying to pick up a few points but when asked about what the car is like he said the car really is fantastic it's a real big improvement from the previous years now these are not comments we were getting out of Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes a year ago you know, that car was still good enough for the team to finish second in the Constructors' Championship, but it was still unpredictable, difficult to drive, uncomfortable. Uh, there was a lot that needed resolving, and we're not hearing those comments this time around. So uh, a much more promising start, even if the end result didn't quite show it. Now, while pretty much everyone in the top 10 are thinking they could have been higher up or that they could be in with a shot of even a podium, I think any of the top nine drivers will feel a podium is on the cards if everything goes their way in the race tomorrow. And I don't mean anything crazy happening, just their potential performance and getting the strategy right and making moves stick, that sort of thing. 
But the driver in 10th is actually going to be a really interesting one to watch. Nico Hulkenberg put his Haas in P10. And that's not a surprise. He was into Q3, I think, on eight occasions in 2023. But we very often saw from that starting position, Haas going backwards and going backwards rapidly. And I feel like that's probably still going to be the case come race day. But... That's another area that they've been working really, really hard and are expecting to make gains. So I think the way that Haas have gone about their business over the winter, they've obviously changed team principal with Gunter Steiner out and Ayo Komatsu in. Uh, This is a real good test for the team. They've executed well. They've clearly done as good a job as last year, if not better, uh, in terms of the way they've gone about testing and then the build-up to this race weekend, which I think will just give them some confidence in backing Komatsu and, and the way he wants to go about his work and, and maybe actually that the change was not necessarily going to be massively destabilising. Uh, but the race pace will kind of potentially lead to some frustrations, I think, if they go backwards. Flip side, if the car is much more predictable and they can get uh, better tyre life out of those Pirelli tyres, then Hulkenberg could be in the, in the mix to hold on for a point here, which would be impressive. I mean, Haas have done well at this track in the past, it must be said, uh, but the problems were so big last year that I think it would be uh, a real positive step for the team if they are able to stay in that fight. But mentioning that fight, again, it's another huge one. And the fact that we essentially have five teams now that are the front runners, as we call them. You've got Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren and Aston Martin. Well, if all of the teams have both drivers perform solidly, that's 10 positions taken up and that's all the points gone. Now, Lance Stroll qualified 12th, so just missed out on Q3 and will have to make some moves to get himself into the points. But we've actually seen that happen with him in the past quite often where he struggled in qualifying and been better in the race and salvaged something at least. Uh, he needs to get past Yuki Sonoda and Hulkenberg to get into the points. But I think Sonoda has, has put the uh, Visa Cash App RB, uh, still laugh at calling it that, but that car right about where it should be. The, the pace was really good in the warm sessions uh, in daylight, but when it was after dark, it seemed to be that V-Carb did struggle a bit more and, and Sonoda's put the car more where I think it was likely to be. But uh, Daniel Ricciardo ended up down in 14th and thinks he can move forward and they've got a quicker car. Uh, between him and Stroll is Alex Albon in 13th, similar thing. Uh, and again, for all of these cars that missed out on a spot in Q3, the gaps were absolutely tiny. So the last driver to make it through Q2 into Q3 was Oscar Piastri. And he was just seven thousandths of a second clear of Yuki Tsunoda. So again... Everything that's shaping up, essentially, is that this season is starting as close, if not closer, than last season ended. And I think that's a really positive sign. We're going to have some big jeopardy where drivers have to really make the difference. Uh, And there's going to be some opportunity for some big results for certain people, but also some really, really bad off days for for others and some big shocks, actually, where some big names really struggle. So uh, I think it's teed up really nicely. It is just potentially still a case of everyone but Max Verstappen who has that clear advantage over the rest of the field. But finally, we really need to hone in on Alpine and the fact that they've locked out the back row for this race. Now, Esteban Ocon was very honest uh, during media day on Wednesday about where the team has been struggling, the fact that it has very low expectations for this weekend uh, and that it was going to just look at where it needs to work, but that he had full faith the team had the capability to move the car forward Uh, and there seems to be one clear issue which as I pointed out earlier in the week wasn't related to weight at least Ocon insisted it wasn't Uh, but there was one area that the team really needs to resolve and that will take time with development so not likely to be a, a quick turnaround from here but to be 
on the back row with both cars was a major disappointment. Now, again, hugely close. Ocon himself was less than half a tenth off 16th. So it really could have been a different story if they'd managed to just find a tiny bit more time on that lap. Pierre Gasly was actually a tenth and a half off his teammate, but said he made a few mistakes. And if he'd have got it together, he thinks he could have been close to Q2. Maybe not in Q2, but certainly close. Uh, and, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that that would have been the case. The entire field in Q1 covered by a second. So, uh, again, just reiterating the point I made earlier about how close it is. So, yeah, Alpine on the wrong end of that. But someone has got to be last and then the focus goes on to that team. So Alpine right now are going to feel the heat and I think they really need a response in the race. Uh, It's not a team that's been patient in the past. Uh, Renault ownership has obviously made a number of changes in terms of leadership and personnel uh, and there's been threats of leaving the sport a number of years ago and I just worry that it could get very rocky very quickly at that team if there aren't signs of recovery. So... The best way of doing that would be a stronger race than qualifying was and and the car moves forward and at the very least nobody's looking at Alpine as the worst team on the grid right now but if they stay where they are with Ocon 19th and Gasly 20th then I think that could be a very very tough place to be come the end of the race. So that's it for tonight's podcast but I'll be back to wrap up everything that happened in the Bahrain Grand Prix tomorrow and how about that we got through a whole episode this week without even talking about Christian Horner. That was Chris Medlin, who'll be bringing you the latest from the Bahrain paddock all this weekend. You can find more from Chris on social media. Just check the link in the show description. And you can stay up to date throughout the Bahrain Grand Prix weekend by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, we'd love it if you could give us a rating and a review. You can also find us at pitpassmotorsports.com, where you can check out the Pit Pass Motorsports blog, powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. My name's Michael Laminato, and we'll be back with the Bahrain Grand Prix tomorrow. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.